0: All right, so we're here with our podcast uh, for our Symphonic Choir Project. Uh, We actually talked about starting a podcast that one time over the summer, uh, right when I moved here. Do you remember that?
1: (laughs) I do, we were so excited about it and the semester hit and now we're just now getting to it.
0: Here we are, yeah, I think um, there's a lot of exciting things that we have to talk about. And I don't want to be too much of a bummer and get into the, you know, big sad stuff. Because I don't think this is necessarily, I don't think that would be the best use of our time. But I think it's important to touch upon what was March 13th, our last day on the Westminster campus. What was that like?
1: Am I starting with
0: that? You can start or I can start.
1: I remember it was very odd. It was very odd because
0: all of the underclassmen that were living on campus were, of course, moving out of the dorms on that day. I don't think they moved out that day. I think they, um, we knew we were going online for a couple weeks, and it was in, like, April sometime that they, or no, it was over spring break when they said, oh, actually, it's not a few weeks of break. It's you're going remote for the rest of the semester. Right. The freaky part of it for me is that we didn't really even know it was the last day. It was just kind of looking different. back. It was, I, I think, you know, there was a gut fear that that was what was going to happen. But I don't, for me, I didn't, I thought that we were going to come back in a few weeks. And I don't know. I was really optimistic about it. Um, so I don't know. But it was...
1: And the weird thing, too, is like, Corona was so bad everywhere else, but America hadn't really talked about it all that much. Like, I heard about Corona, I, like, knew it was a thing, but it had been a thing, like, a really big thing overseas since, like, November, the previous... Like, from the Like literally six months before that yeah but we really didn't start hearing about it until early march and then all the schools were like oh my god we have to send our kids home after spring break and stuff like that it was like very sudden and i feel like the the shocking part is that it didn't need to be sudden but our media really only cares about what's going on in america we're so like consumed with what's going on here that like they didn't realize the substantialness of it until it hit here. I don't know if it was like, maybe people didn't think it was gonna make its way over here when our borders were open the entire time, but like it was just, it was very sudden. And I feel like when we had that concert, it was very strange when we were performing it because there was like this elephant in the room that kind of knew that it was going to be our last time ever.
0: Yeah, at least for a while. And it's just crazy to think because even then, if we knew that it was going to be the last time for a while, it wasn't, we didn't know that it would be eight months later and here we are still in this and I think I mean just everything everything has changed which is I think part of what we'll get to but yeah I guess well I guess that brings us to our next point is how music conservatory school uh as music ed majors too I feel like that's a factor in it how that's changed and what are we thinking what are we feeling how we live in
1: yeah, um school has <laughs> definitely changed. I mean yeah. my bedroom, as you can see, is my classroom. It's the lecture hall. It's also my performance space. It yeah. is an entire it's an entire university enclosed in a 10 by 12 space. I think yeah. my a little bigger than but still, I don't know the dimensions of my room. But it's way too small of a space for an entire university to be held.
0: And that's one of the things, for sure, that has changed. Yeah, I've been saying all the time. I mean, I just have my recital on. So I had my dress rehearsal, and I've done a couple auditions and had to film a couple things, and it's just... You know, you think, oh, here's this bedroom that I live in and I have to make it look like there's not a bed in my bedroom. And that's just a whole other thing that it's a whole other layer that gets added to it. Because not only you have to make sure your room has an area that, you know, has a blank wall and people are having to buy ring lights and kind of all this equipment that we never really had to buy because we were on campus for these things and now every performance it's for me i mean for juries and i'm in a virtual production right now where i haven't done it yet but i'm gonna start filming and audio recording my songs it's almost like how do you get that same hyped up feeling for a performance because in a way it just feels the same as practicing in my room which I think there's something going to be said for finding joy in that in itself because it's one of the only things we can do right now. And I know for me it's been a lot of technique and just a lot of learning straight music because obviously, you know, we're not performing like we used to. So it's...
1: I think it's also really also really interesting to me and this just came this just came to me as you were talking about all of the equipment and technology that we have to acquire if we want to have an amazing sound for our auditions and it just made me think how
0: classism
1: <laughs> yeah no like literally discrimination is going to socioeconomic discrimination and socioeconomic status is going to be a factor. And I just can't help but think, is this going to, is this going to prolong, uh, white superiority
0: in, in music? Because there are people that are amazing singers that don't have access to amazing technology. Or school in general. Yeah,
1: or that. And like, if they don't have the access, and they want to submit audition videos and stuff, are the listeners of these audition videos going to take technology into account? Are they going to mandate certain technology? Like, how are how are we going to equal the playing field so that we have an equity process and not an and not some type of discriminatory process because what I fear is that all of these young artist programs are just gonna favor the rich. It's I mean, just they're a the
0: ton people. of money. Uh,
1: uh, yeah.
0: I, you know, over the years, these different summer programs come up and I, you know, personally, I grew up in a very financially comfortable situation and still, I mean, in college, And it's amazing for the people that are able to go do it. But when I come home for the summers, I I have to work. And, you know, I have to make sure I'm saving up money to whether it's next year move or even, I mean, just starting to pay my student loans. That's a huge factor. And there's a huge socioeconomic barrier in classical music in general because, you know, how do people get into classical music? They start taking private lessons. And that costs money. And then that instills that type of tradition from a very young age. Because, you know, even these high school programs, even ones that are offered at Westminster over the summer, I, you know, I personally, I didn't do any of them. So I can't speak. But um, yeah, it's just really crazy to think about. And it's just another level because there is already a barrier in which there are people who are absolutely wonderful talents that don't have the means to go to a conservatory university or sometimes any university. And, you know, as we're talking about recording equipment, etc., cetera, it kind of was making me think though, you know, you think about these open call auditions where um, I had one in February that I ended up, I booked an audition for something in New York City, in February, and I ended up not being able to go because we had class. And it just is so funny to think of now because I would've just been able to send in a tape. And I remember asking them if I could, and they were like, I'm sorry, no. And it's just so crazy to think now. And I think that's a whole other barrier because you think of, you know, we may have to invest in this technology right now, but that is a one-time fee that we can, utilize the sources for repeatedly as opposed to getting on a train and taking off of work or whatever. I feel like it's just interesting because I wonder how that might balance out, if that makes sense. So
1: Yeah, I don't know. I hope that these programs find a way to to equal the playing field or or to find a way also to only to to maybe do like live Zoom auditions because the issue for me also is that people that have more money can afford an engineer that can literally just manipulate their sound completely and make them sound way more amazing than they actually would live. And like, I don't have access to a sound engineer. If I had to send in a video right now to someone, it would be from my iPad and that would be the best that I can do. I don't even have a microphone you know so like that already says that the person next door to me who doesn't even know how to sing could literally plug in a microphone and potentially if they know an audio engineer sound better than me singing so there's just like so many questions just about that
0: well right because even if you have a zoom say you have a zoom audition that you book you could potentially, you know, have a state-of-the-art, whatever device has the best camera, and you could have the best external mic, and there could also be somebody who – I mean, and also we're not even talking about – not everybody has a smartphone, first of all, you know. So we're even – to break that down even further. So I think that's just – I do think there are, you know, some up-and-coming positives. Um, I know for me, something I'm personally – excited for in a way is that while a lot of auditions and things continue to be virtual, looking forward to hopefully getting a teaching job next year and then being able to submit auditions. And then there's a little bit more leeway in, you know, as I was saying before, if I want to audition for something, I don't have to take the entire day off and buy a train ticket and a bus and an Uber and, all of those things, that's just a one click away. And in that regard, you could also submit way more auditions that way, obviously depending on application fees and things like that. So I don't know, I try to think of positives like that because especially in this time, I don't know, every time we watch something that is a clip of us singing before the pandemic or something, especially as a choir, it just really kind of like makes me depressed, and I can't even. Li- I can't the live there. Re- re-
1: yeah, I literally can't listen to music. I can't. I haven't listened to choral music that wasn't required of me in months because it just makes me tear up and sob.
0: Yeah, it's just, and I, I think I understand the value in you know every once in a while, if you feel like you need to go there, then. That's one thing, but for me, I feel like I'm just trying my best to, well, one, finish my degree, but (laughs) like live in the moment and think about what I do have and what, you know, what I can bring to the table as a performer, as a musician, as a teacher. Um, and just try to be my best self because, you know, I mean, student, I mean, student teaching's here (laughs) first I mean, you know, we're about two weeks out from the semester starting. So I think that to me is kind of one of the lights at the end of the tunnel because I'm really excited for student teaching. And even though it's going to be in a pandemic, um, still and figuring that out, um, I think, teaching and spreading music to others couldn't be more important right now. So some may say, you know, it's not an ideal time to do it, but again, flipping back to trying to look at the positives, like it's kind of the perfect time to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um,
1: I wanted to wrap really quick back around to how COVID has changed school. um, And just say that I Total, it's just become so normal. But I just realized that we're talking through a computer screen right now. Mm-hmm. And that is like a huge thing that has changed is that we have this constant like stimulation of the brain happening and it and it's like a yeah.
0: um a computerized stimulation. You know, it's not like an in-person social stimulation. No, not at all. Like, and there's no accountability to make sure that you are paying attention and that you're you know, it's really, it's a lot of self-discipline. Yeah, and like, I just have been so interested in,
1: in what in our brain is actually, I would love to know the neuro, the neurological, like, background of, like, when sitting in front of a screen like this, what is the neurological, like, responses happening in the brain versus when someone is sitting in a actual classroom, participating in class, what are the um responses in the brain there because i think it would be very very easy to argue that this is like over stimulating certain parts of our brain that um are are not stimulated when when we're away from the screen it's like sitting in front of a computer and playing video games for 10 hours a day it's like yeah. that is like
0: so stimulating for the brain it's exhausting and and so
1: mm-hmm. um I wrote down here a note that I have is how has COVID changed school? Like movement becomes even more important because we're sitting down in front of a screen for 10 hours a day when we're so used to being up. And honestly, even in our music ed classes, moving around.
0: Yeah, I mean, even if you think about walking from class to class, even on campus as small as ours, it's a huge deal. And I know uh, something for me, I'll try to, if I have time, you know, take a little walk around the block. I mean, we're neighbors. We know, you know, it's got a nice
1: little loop totally to kind of go around. You did? I saw you walking with your green, with your green.
0: Um, my vest. I was on the
1: race. move. <laughs> yes.
0: I just had yeah, to I do, like, a 15-minute loop around the parking lot because, I don't know, I think, because for me, I I definitely, and this goes with singing too. I mean, I I get very antsy and just having no kinesthetic, no. And it's also kind of like a mental thing for me. I need to clear my brain. I need to, I don't know. It's like a treadmill. Like, so I don't know. And I, there are definitely ways around it. And I think it's just about coping and again, just kind of taking it one day at a time and trying to, I mean, do what I do, what we can do to keep ourselves safe and our community safe. And um, I mean, keeping ourselves safe mentally as well. You know, I think consuming content, because this is why I think it's important to reflect on the time that we've had in choir. I do, but I feel like I'm not going to be my best self if I sit and watch videos of symphonic choir all the time and just get in my bag about that and i'm not saying that i think it's not important to do once in a while because i think in a way i've we've kind of forgotten what it was like to just regularly come together and make this ridiculous sound and you i don't know for me i kind of just like kick myself for taking it for granted at times um so i don't know it's a lot of just doing what i can so i guess kind of did you want to elaborate on that or
1: nope i was just gonna say that's like a kind of a good leeway into like how has covid changed choral music making not just school but how has it changed what we live for which is the choral world
0: yeah it's it's a lot of the brady bunch choir it's a lot of, uh, yeah, that, that's what I've been calling it, where it's just a bunch of floating heads and um, ridiculous hours of sound editing, which has to make it, I, which I personally haven't, <laughs> I haven't had the privilege to do, have um, take part in any projects where I'm doing sound editing. But I think um, it's just something that was once so, you know, just an instant. Like I was saying that like, Ooh, like we just came in and sang like that, then now they have to kind of manufacture and engineer that sound by factoring in each individual voice. It's it's just crazy because it's nothing like it was. And I think there are aspects of music, you know, voice lessons, concerts for instrumentalists at least can be live streamed and choral singers and the choral industry as a whole is really just taking a huge hit right now because it's not safe for us to at least yeah. enlarge. I know um, there are some areas particularly where they're able to have singer's masks and very very small amounts of people they've been able to and like the recording that we did for Symphonic and that even that I mean it was closer than what we've had but it was it's just something that's not going to be the same again yeah. until until, you know, the vaccine is yeah. widely distributed. So I think for me, it's-
1: Let's talk about that.
0: The vaccine. Let's talk about, like,
1: <laughs> like, no, 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 not the vaccine. Like what like our experience with Symphonic and how like, how that was different from singing with, from like normal singing, you know I mean? First we have like masks that change the whole entire way our ear hears the sound.
0: Yeah, when we the, out, the air would always whoosh something. past my ears, and it freaks me out, gotta say.
1: Yeah, and, like, just singing with a mask, too. Like, your ability to perceive your own voice it is is, like, really intense. It's, like, really intense. It's rough. Like it's
0: terrible. Quick.
1: Yeah. And it's like you only hear your voice, and you hear any—you cannot hear a single person around you, not only because it's the mask— stopping sound from like fully being projected so like you don't even know if the person next to you is like really actually singing out but I also think that there's this aspect that because the sound is going right back to your ears that that also adds an effect like that drowns out the other voices because it's just your ears are picking up the nearest sound first which is the one right that's happening right in your mask so There's that. There's like the whole socially distancing, too, with tuning. I mean, when we finally got together and sang, (laughs) we finished the song. We finished Let My Love Be Heard by Jake Rundsen in a totally different key than we started.
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard. And I think it's – you have to consider, I mean, we're about to get undergraduate degrees in voice. And then at one of the most – at one of the best – choir programs in the world and we have such a hard time with it. And then you take, you know, something like, I know in my high school practicum, it's a lot of those. And we've done it in Williamson too, where it's submit yourself, singing this, your individual part of this. And it's horrible <laughs> in terms of, I mean, I feel like I, when I listen back to those videos, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe. That I have to, and I just feel like it sounds terrible. And then you have to think about how do high schoolers feel? Because even though I was, would, you know, in high school probably be categorized at a higher musical aptitude, even then I would hate doing recordings like that. And I, I mean, then you think of the average high schooler just existing in high school is terrifying, let alone here's recording yourself for a grade, but it's just, what else can they do? And I feel like the choral world is just kind of, stumbling through it right now and we're experiencing it as both performers and teachers, which is unique. Uh and also it's just a lot. And um Yeah. So we
1: definitely definitely like a high, a much higher level of accountability for each individual person's singing. You oh, know, because yeah. it's like you do have to admit those videos and it. And if you're the one, if you mess up, you have to redo the whole video. Even if you mess up on the last note, it's like you can't just crop that out, you know? Like you have to start over. So, like, there's an intense amount of accountability. Um, and then, of course, there's the aspect of like if you're fortunate enough for the situation to occur um, in person recordings, but now we're recording with microphones in front of us because with the mask, we can't and project, so we can't have a microphone you can't have a microphone like above you to pick up the whole choir because it just doesn't work anymore. The choir doesn't get picked up. You got to record with the mic. So then we have the tendency to sing off the breath and with less resonance because there's now no need to project. There's a microphone right there. So it's like, then you have like the psychological aspect of that too. And like, you have to constantly remind yourself as as a singer who knows how to sing at a high level that you have to sing like a soloist and not sing like amassed um recorded human being it's it's like the visual is there telling you one thing and then you have to tell yourself no I'm gonna ignore every visual in front of me and this little mic right here I'm gonna ignore it and I'm gonna sing like I'm in a massive auditorium singing with my choir you know so
0: yeah it's definitely it's it's very tricky and then even that it's We are so seldom singing together, which, and obviously it's a good thing because we shouldn't be singing together all the time right now. But we're just kind of out of practice with a lot of it. And I think, I do think though, I'm kind of starting to wrap up because we're approaching 30 minutes and this uh, program stops recording at exactly 30 minutes. So I don't want to cut us off with word, but uh, I think it's going to be like, when you learn to ride a bike and then you forget your bike in your garage for about six years and you pull it out and it's a little rusty, uh, and, but you just dust it off. You get the cobwebs off of it and then it's fine. And I, I think that's exactly how it's going to work uh, with any, any lab performance, but especially with choral music because especially that energy and that, you know, it's going to be very restorative and, something I've also been thinking about is there's just gonna come a day when we get to throw out all these masks because we just don't need them anymore. And, um, I feel like that's just the that stuff that I try to keep in mind. And I know for both of us, we have some big, exciting life things coming up. So I guess we could wrap up our last, I would say like minute and just, you know, if you have any closing thoughts and just, like, what's, what's next for you, Mr. P?
1: Well, I was gonna say, maybe we can do, like, a second quick episode and talk about, like, how we're coping with these changes and then where, how do we move forward with this?
0: Like, a second episode, like, at a later date, or because no we're right, right now. Because <laughs> we're, like, at time, and this is already a half hour and um I think I think we're good in terms of we can I mean we can make this like a regular thing but um for our I think because I just I don't want this to cut us off we have about two minutes but if you just have any closing thoughts to kind of roll us out I wish we had, if I had more time, I would write podcasts podcast I guess, outro music. It's all good. So I guess I'll say, like, just to end, like, just some coping strategies from me. If anyone knows me, then you know that that's my thing. Um, some coping strategies are, like, hydrate because it's very easy when you're in your house all day, barely moving, to, like,
1: forget that you need to eat three meals a day, and that you need to drink water still, that your body still requires mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, Another thing sure. is sleep. Like we we are not moving all day, so we're constantly tired, but we don't rest. You know, so rest, move your body, um, get out of your house because your house has now been like infested with school. So now you need to like find a way to get away from that. So get away from the noise. Take time for yourself. Move your body. Eat. Sleep. Rest, meditate, do a
0: face mask, bathe. Yeah, just uh, your basic bathe. self-care stuff. You got to keep up with it. And I yeah. think that's really what's getting us through. So, yeah, I think um, I think that's about it. So I hope that soon we can do another episode of this because this was actually really fun. I think there's a lot to say. There's a lot to do. And, uh, yeah, so I guess catch you next time all right
1: thank oh, I'm you <laughs>